and friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show with five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. To quote a great man, the best thing one can do when it's raining is to let it rain. Mm. Bad or good, the best thing one can do when it's raining is to let it rain. It's not often Uncle Timmy is going to quote Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Not often that I can even spell his name. But today is that day. Toronto Blue Jays fans learned that in 2015 with the bringer of the rain, among others, and it's starting to feel Jesse Rubinoff like it's 2015 all over again, is it not? It's magic time right now. It's got that it's magical magic 2015 yeah. feeling. Oh, yeah. And I don't have to explain it, but to those who would rather be led to the water than to think on an afternoon sports talk show, I get it, homie. Trust me, I get it. It's raining right now for the Jays and their fans. 12 of 13, 15 of 17, first wild card spot. So let it rain, kids, and we will. And by we, I mean myself, Tim McAuliffe, my friend Jesse Rubinoff. Both of us will kick off the pregame oh. to the pregame. Oh. Jays, what's going on? Oh, it's raining in here. We have got fancy graphics that have created oh. rain in the studio. Oh, I got something on me there. Oh. And I don't even have to fix my hair. I was Let it rain. Was it. There's a there's weird drops coming. Let it rain. Wow. The pregame to the pregame. Well, let it rain. Mixed reality. I didn't even I didn't even notice until you made noises. I was like, "What's Ruben?" Yeah, because I was noise? like, "Oh, there's something wrong with the signal, Timmy." <laughs> yes, that's a. It's still hard for me to even see it. People who just flicked over, like, "What's going on?" This with is my very TV? calming. This is like the calm app. Can we just like chill? Yeah. This is little, like this is the woosah. Little, uh, this is little a little mindfulness get right here on Tim and Friends. Bit. Love it. The saying is very mindful, is yes. it not? Yes. I may have gotten it from the Calm app. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It may have been my daily meditation a couple days ago. Nice. The best thing one can do when it's raining is to let it rain. What's the alternative, though? You can't stop the rain. Like We, well, we that, can stop that rain. No, but yeah, that's, that's a button. That's, that's the point, right, Jesse. I got it. Okay. You don't try and stop the rain, right. though we just did. That was a you button, just no. let it rain. Different, different. Hey, when it's bad, yeah. it's bad. Right. Let it rain. There's nothing you can do. When right? it's good. If it's good, let it rain, let my it friend. Rain. Oh, it's good right now. Some people Jays. like dancing in the rain. It's right. raining. All this is to say we have got you covered today. Jays and Rays game two tonight with first things first coming up. And what in the good name of Munanori Kawasaki oh, is oh, oh. going on here? And I'm not going to lie. It feels... Very Bush Party-like. Bush Party. Bush Party tonight. I love the part. If you listen closely, you can hear someone else say, did he just say Bush Party? Let's listen. Bush Party. Bush Party tonight. <laughs> yeah. You hear yeah, the it's chuckle? There. It's there. It's yeah. there. One I, more it, time. Yeah. Bush Party. Bush Party tonight. I think we need a, uh, if they can get there, if the Jays, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but yeah. if the Jays can get there, 
Mooney Kawasaki might need to enter into the party. You think so? You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know about that. Well, I don't but know where he I is will right say now, this. Uh, you may be getting ahead of yourself. No, no. no I have is. calmed you down before That's when fine. you got ahead of yourself. I am just going to say, now like Louis Kang or uh, Cage in Mortal Kombat, the Jays have to finish them. Finish nice. them. As I've said from the jump, the journey is the destination. Enjoy the ride while they last. Whatever sport you enjoy, wherever you want to go, enjoy the ride while it lasts. The ride will last two hours on Sportsnet 360, at least here on Tim and Friends. 90 minutes on Sportsnet as we take you right up until Blue Jays Central with my friends and yours, Jamie Campbell and Joe Siddle. Speaking of my friends, we have assembled a big-time baseball roundtable for your viewing pleasure. That's right, ESPN's Jeff Passan, Fox Sports and the MLB Network's John Paul Morosi, and Sportsnet's Scott McArthur will break down the latest and greatest from the Jays and beyond. Speaking of the greatest, as you may or may not have heard, we have a major announcement coming your way as one of the OG friends of the show mm. joins me for the second hour, Too Sweet to be Sour, I'm more excited than Gail Monfils in an empty stadium. Oh, my God. You better kill it. You better kill it. Now, I said I was more excited mm. than Gael Monfils. I don't know if it's possible, but my brother, Cabrell Richards, will join me in the second hour. We started together as interns at The Score, and while well, I will let you, him tell you the news. But what a day, what a week, what a month for the Toronto Blue Jays, and that's exactly where we start from Cabby to Jesse to Biggie. First things first. Oh, baby. First things first. First. All right. So the Jays have just won 15 of their last 17 <laughs> yeah. games. Oh, oh hum. They're alone in first place in the AL wildcard race after an 8-1 win over the Rays last night at Rogers Center. Alec Manoa allowed just one hit over eight shutout innings, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit his league-leading 45th home run. So the question is, is Vladdy having the greatest offensive season in Blue Jays history. Before I get into that and have the conversation that many are having right now in Blue Jays Nation, that laser that he hit out was unbelievable, was it not? Borderline impossible. <laughs> Bo I, and not, that's not hyperbole, that's not hype, that's not, what you're saying is absolutely positively true. It's borderline impossible. Like, that's an absolute laser. I don't know if I've, like, I saw it on the internet, so I'm not going to act like this is an original thought, although there aren't many original thoughts left out there. <laughs> Did you see the comparison between that laser and Mark McGuire's yes. record-setting laser? Yes. And immediately, a lot of people were like, yeah, that kind of works. Same with the Joe Carter. Home run, famously, to win the World Series. All of them, right-handed bats, all of them go down and get it. All of them. It's the same spot. You don't do that unless you can hit the ball hard. 
113.9 <laughs> miles an hour off the bat. Launch angle of 16 degrees. Tied for the lowest on a home run that cleared the fence this season. Um, those are all pretty just identical. Like what? what just what, once. Just like in my life, I would love to get a ball, like catch a ball like that. I thought you were going to say just once in my life, I'd like to swing and hit the ball 113.9 miles an hour off that the bat. That will happen. No, not no. even in Tim McCall's prime with the but locks. Like, you're, you're, no, I don't think so. Okay, you're, you're barreling. No, I know, I know for a fact. <laughs> 113, not a chance. But like you're barreling that ball. Yes. And like I would just love to feel how that bounces off the bat. Yes. Like is that not one of the most pure things in all of sport to catch a ball the way Vladimir Guerrero routinely catches balls? Yes. Like barrel it up and just like I guarantee you. That felt like uh, an elastic band. Yeah, it probably doesn't even feel it. Like yes. It barely just just hops off the bat. Correct. Barely feels it. Uh, so is he having the, the greatest season? <laughs> Boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Is that your favorite swing of the season? Oh, it might be. It might be. It's just so pure. Bo, Bo has done it, too. Like, I feel like the I'm going to get into the Vladimir Guerrero is just the greatest season. Can we just Bo Bichette season? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Oscar Hernandez season, Alec Manoa's season, Lourdes Gurriel in September. Like Marcus Simeon is third in AL voting this year. Like I feel like people are being lost. Jordan Romano, Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray, like, okay, so you gotta make the playoffs. I'm not getting that far ahead of myself. I just there's a bunch of seasons that are being lost in Vladimir Guerrero's season. Why? Because, yes, it's pretty damn close to the greatest season offensively in Blue Jays history. And I'll, I'll do a little tip of the cap, a little head tap in the uh, modern-day parlance to Keegan Matheson, who kind of threw it all out there and waited against the greatest seasons of all time. So there you see the numbers. He's pretty damn close. And I think that sometimes you have to compare it to what everyone else is doing that year. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can just compare apples and oranges. There's different eras. There's different times. I believe in comparison to others of your era, you need to do that to establish it. So the greatest offensive seasons of all time. Josh Donaldson, 2015, wins MVP. He has the best war in Blue Jays history of 87 the numbers, 297 was the average, 41 home runs, 123 RBIs, OPS just 939. Jose Batista, 2011, 302, 43 home runs, 103 RBIs. The OPS is ridiculous. The war is interesting. The more walks than strikeouts is ridiculous as well. He finished third in... AL MVP voting. The one that jaw dropped me the most in the mix mm. was Carlos Delgado in 2000. 344. That one gets lost in the shuffle a little 41, bit. 41, right? 137. Ooh. What? Like, the war has to be defense, right? Like, that's why. I was, that was my next question. Right. Look at those numbers. I don't understand that war. 344. And, and era. Oh. 344, goodness. 41, 137. While we're at it, Carlos Delgado. Yeah. Okay, how about this one? And this is my, like, sweet swings. Dear God, if you never watched John Olrude swing the bat, mm. just go back on YouTube. Have a look. I know baseball scrubs a lot. How about this? 
the average 363 flirted with 400 for a lot of the year. Didn't need to hit home runs with that lineup. 24-107. The OPS tells a bigger story than the home runs do. And at first base, an 8.1 war. Oh, by the way, 54 doubles there. Yeah, that was that was a year he was chasing 400 yeah. pretty late into the year. Right? Flirting, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I was uh, a spry youngster with a full head of hair watching that going, there's no way this dude does it. And he kept doing and it kept, kept, kept. Mm-hmm. And ho-hum, they won the World Series that year too. And for the OGs, I know a lot of people are saying George Bell's 87 season, first MVP in Jay's history. Uh, 308, 47 home runs, 134 RBIs, but his war 5.3. Now listen, I, I, if you weigh war, it's the 25th best all-time right. war number in Blue Jays history. So a lot of people dropped that one off. If you watched in those days, you absolutely positively knew that that outfield was among the best in baseball and George Bell was a difference maker. No question. You remember a couple months ago? I, I love going through that, by the way. Yes, you, that like was very just, nostalgic. And yes, I, I, yeah, some some cool stuff going on today. A little bit of rain on the screen, <laughs> some nostalgia built in. Uh, you remember a couple months ago we had a bet on here where I said I think you maybe were in agreement with me on this that Vladdy Guerrero Jr. was going to win the triple crown, and he was. I think he was almost leading in every single category, but not leading. And now he's leading in home runs. He's leading in batting average. He's four back of Jose Abreu in the RBI column. What do we think about the chances of Vladdy winning the Triple Crown now that we're deeper into the season here? Well, it's funny that you ask. I think so much of it that we had a graphic made. Mm, Let's go. Let's go. Oh! Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the Triple Crown Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Jesse Rubinoff mentioned it. Now, Starling Marte is screwing this whole thing up because he kind of sort of qualifies but jump league so he can't win the AL batting crown. I don't know if you believe that's baloney. Either way, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. not only is close to the Triple Crown Watch in the American League, He's close to the triple crown watch in all of baseball. <laughs> like, this is unbelievable what he's doing. So 318 is first AL, second Major League Baseball. Marte's 322. So it's not like he's far ahead. Uh, and Marte, because he switched from Miami to Oakland, that's why he's not qualifying. Right. 45 home runs first, RBI, tied third, AL, and MLB. If he passes Abreu, he could lead both leagues. Let me read off for you once again the list of dudes who have got a triple crown in both leagues same year. Ty Cobb, Rogers Hornsby, Lou Gehrig, Ted Williams, and Mickey Mantle. That's it. No one else has ever done that. And when we assemble the baseball virtual roundtable, I'm going to ask this question of the baseball minds that we put together, but I will ask you this first, Jesse Rubinoff. If Vladdy hits 50, wins the Triple Crown, and maybe even all of Major League Baseball's Triple Crown, should he win the AL MVP over Shohei Otani, who is basically doing what only one man has ever done in Major League Baseball history? No. No. 
Not taking anything away from Vladdy. Well, you can't. You can't. No, you literally couldn't. But if you look at what the Jays are about to accomplish, they're going to finish with probably three guys that are going to be get MVP votes or are going to be in the top five of MVP voting. Vladdy, maybe even Teoscar, Simeon for sure. They're going to have a Cy Young winner. So when you take... They're going to have a... They're going to have a Cy Young? Sorry, sorry. They have a front runner for okay. the Cy Young. Okay, yeah, yeah. I thought you were making... I thought you no. were sliding something in there. No. no. So what... <laughs> Careful, Tim. So there are so many individual accomplishments on this team that when you look at, at what the most valuable player, most valuable player is... There are valuable players on this team. You look at Shohei Otani's team and what he's accomplished. The Angels aren't good, but Shohei Otani is so far and above everybody else on that team and in the league. Now, the question I have, Shohei is going to win the MVP. It doesn't matter what Vladi does, but the question I have, if Shohei does this every year for the rest of his baseball career, does that mean Shohei Otani has to win MVP every year that he's in the majors the rest of his career? Because his pitching has been electric. His offense has fallen off just a little bit, but I think as if, if the odds are reflecting it, nobody is thinking that. No matter what Vladdy does, no, Shohei's not going to win the, the MVP. This, this is, Sid and I used to talk about this all the time. It was more a Sid thing than it was a me thing, yeah. so I'm giving a full head tap to Sid Sixero on this one, but a lot of people vote on the story. This is the first time that we have seen it since Babe Ruth. Right. People will be excited by it. People will vote on it because it doesn't happen. It happens once in more than a generation, right? Like it happens once every hundred years. People will vote on that. If he does it five times, then that changes the once every hundred years, right. even though it's the same guy and people won't vote on the story. But let me just throw this at you. Like mm-hmm. you, you realize when we're talking about most valuable player, you get into the debate about most valuable to who? To their team? Because the team is 70 and 73 though I would argue that he's done everything that he possibly could to help that team be better than 70 and 73. Yeah, I mean, that's the and argument Mike in every Trout league. kept winning. Yeah, that's the argument in every league. What does valuable mean? And I don't know if anybody's ever figured it out, which is why most valuable player has strictly become a narrative award. We right. discussed this over and over. Shohei Otani, basically from day one, when he was pitching well and he was hitting well, everybody was like, okay, that's it. That's a wrap. Right? That's a wrap on the MVP award. He's going to win it. Yeah. So the reason I asked you that question is because if Vladdy does this two years from now and the Shohei novelty is kind of worn off, no, like this then is, maybe... What we're talking about here, though, is a once-in-a-generation... Like, Vladdy getting the, being in the Triple Crown watch, if he gets the Triple Crown, this is a once... Like, Miguel Cabrera was the first since 1967. Yeah. I don't have to remind people in this area, at least, how long that's been. 1967 is a long time ago. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, listen, um, we're going to continue this conversation There's with the roundtable yeah. that has been assembled. By the way, um, 1.1 million people on average watched last night's game between the Jays and the Rays. That is the highest regular season average audience since 2018. We've been talking about this bandwagon like it's about to split at the seams, right? Like, because this is you've got to watch every night and scoreboard watch every night. People are completely invested in the Blue Jays, as they should be, because this is a special run. Runs like this don't come around very often. I was saying before the show, this, this has a feeling of like the money ball run that the A's were on. Now, it's not quite that way because they haven't, it's not a full streak. They have right. a couple losses sprinkled in there. 
but there's there's magic going on, and that doesn't happen all the time. Say it before, said it before. We'll say it again. Uh, if the Jays make the playoffs with the pitching and the hitting as it yeah. is right now, look the bleep out. Yes. Even if it is the Tampa Bay Rays, who have a ton of respect for as a team in 2021 and as a franchise overall, they have done absolutely wonders with that team. But if the Jays get in, man. Look out. Yeah, they might be favored in that series. Uh, okay, we'll have lots more coming up on the roundtable. Obviously, we'll get to Manoa as well in that roundtable. But to the NFL, it was a wild Monday nighter in Vegas with the Raiders beating the Ravens 33-27 in OT in the first game ever with fans at Allegiant Stadium. <laughs> the game basically ended twice. The Raiders had to score twice to win the game in overtime. What was your biggest takeaway from a wild night of football? That even in winning... The Raiders have to Raider. Yes. Even when they get the dub, even when they get the victory, the Raiders still have to, like, admit it. If you were actually watching that game in overtime, the Raiders celebrating the victory, (laughs) then going back out to the one-yard line, then false starting, and then throwing an interception in the end zone, you thought the jam was done. You thought the jam was done there. You thought the jam was done after the interception, and this is why we love sports. You play to win the game, and sometimes sometimes you don't know when that game has been won. The Raiders, Raider, even in winning, and to me it was remarkably enthralling. And by the way, for those, I heard this take today that blamed the, the Ravens' loss on Lamar Jackson. Like, yeah. They're not even there without... Yes, he had a key fumble that led to the game-winning field goal. They're not there without him. You're onto a third-string running... You're onto an eighth-string running back. They are not respecting that RPO, that run-pass option, because... Uh, anyways, uh, I love the Raiders. Thank God for this. There's Bruce Buffer getting, getting the people going yeah. before the game, too. <laughs> it's fun. It would yeah. be fun to see a game in Vegas, for sure. It would be. Uh, speaking of Vegas, straight from Sin City and OG Cabral Richards, home is Toronto. We will explain why he joins me in studio with some big news. Also, tons of pregame coverage ahead of the Rays and Jays, including our roundtable. Next, Jeff Passan, John Paul Morosi, Scott MacArthur join me to discuss the Jays' incredible run and the playoff chase in both the AL and NL. Tim and friends, let's go. Hooks it down the left field line. Gone! Step aside, Vlad Sr. Jr. with number 45. Judge drives down in the air to deep right. Fighting for survival. The Red Sox now tied with the Yankees, a full game back of the Toronto Blue Jays in the wild card. How do you wrap your knob? My knobs, my knobs are... <laughs> wow, is that a loaded question? It's not huge, but it's yeah. not small. It's not... Uh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> but you work with it. You work with yeah, what you exactly. got. You work with it. He's backstage, a lot of celebrities back there. I, mean, I was talking to Jerry Jones, another Cowboys owner, and uh, he's disappointed, obviously. Yeah. Well, he's a good guy, though, man. He's, he's talking about rebuilding the team, you know? And he told me, he says, we have to get back to what made us a championship team. Strippers and crack. <laughs>
Welcome back to Tim and Friends. Major announcement here at Sportsnet in just a little bit, but it is the second segment on a Tuesday, which can mean only one of two things. One, I'm growing out my afro, or two, the virtual roundtable has assembled. Thankfully for everyone involved, including my wife, it's the latter. We here at Tim and Friends once again comb North America far and wide searching for the very best content that we can shove into about 40 minutes of chat. And today with the Jays hotter than Robbie Ray's pants in a 100 degree day, we have brought in the big boys of baseball, my friends. Starting in Ann Arbor with a man who is not only among the very best in the baseball business, but dabbles with the best of them. He brings almost as many languages as he does opinions Mon ami, mi amigo, mi compadre, ladies and gentlemen, John Paul Morosi. How are you, Morosi? Tim, grazie mille, grazie mille. I thought I was actually entering the Serie A Zoom. I came here to speak about Juve in crisis, my friend. So, mi dispiace molto. We will stay with baseball from now on. I heard they won today, so we'll move on quickly. My next guest probably knows all those languages just from calling Toronto home for a while. He is not only the host of the leadoff on Sportsnet 5.9 and the fan, but has covered baseball as much as covered as much baseball as anyone with uh, that much luxurious locks. The man, the myth, the legend. He is Scott MacArthur. What's up, Scotty? Timmy, it's great to be on. And Morosi, I, I'm just so happy that the Blue Jays are going to win a World Series before Harbaugh finds a quarterback, pal. <laughs> Love it. Love oh, it. So true. So the true. Michigan <laughs> dig at 2-0. And finally joining me from Kansas City, we, uh, we may have known him when, but while he's turned into one of the most respected baseball dudes in the States, he's never forgotten. Elmo, Barney, and most importantly, that Wu-Tang is for the children. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Passon. What's up, Jeff? How are you, man? Yeah, I just speak English. Sorry. I know it's disappointing. <laughs> well, if you leave, want... Leave the rest to Morosi. That's okay. Apparently, if you want Juve highlights, uh, let Morosi know he's got you covered. Uh, all right, gents, let's start with the team that is tearing up the North as we speak. The bandwagon is filling up quicker than you can say Bobby Cox. I'll start with you, Passon. Is this more than just an early September run from the Toronto Blue Jays? Yes, this is the manifestation of what they've been doing all year long only the record didn't reflect the way that they were playing and i know that's kind of weird to comprehend and understand but when i want to see how good a team is tim i look at its run differential and i look at its run differential because that tells me you are beating teams by large amounts of runs and if you beat teams by large amounts of runs you are likelier to win more baseball games the jays run differential simply was not reflective of the way that they were playing and finally the record is catching up to the quality of baseball that they had up to this point Morosi, you agree I do. Uh, it, it is a progression to the mean, if you will, from the standpoint of uh, what Jeff mentioned regarding the run differential and the bullpen performance has improved and also the lineup. But we see the lineup tonight uh, with George Springer leading off. This team, when George Springer is in the starting lineup, they have a winning percentage for the full season well above 600. I believe it's around 630. And Springer has been in the lineup more often here of late. He is so much the catalyst of this team. That one through five, as Jeff discussed, it's the best one through five in baseball, period. I, I don't think there's any real discussion about that. And so when you pair that up with an improving rotation, you think about what Manoa has done for them. Berrios, of course, goes tonight. He is, uh, we've seen since the, the pitch tipping was resolved, he has been a lot better as well. You go along with the possible Cy Young winner and Robbie Ray, that's a formidable playoff team all the way around, Tim. 
Scotty, it's funny. Like, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is absolutely raking, and he's batting seventh in this lineup. Seventh. <laughs> yeah, and, and he is inching toward an 800 OPS for the season, which would give the Blue Jays' top seven hitters each an OPS of above 800. That That is quite literally a murderer's row. And Lourdes struggled for, I think, the first six weeks of the season, like was in a deep, deep crater. But this is a guy who has hit relatively consistently throughout his career. So he he rounds things out really, really nicely. It reminds me a lot of 2015. Jeff was talking about the run differential. They went and they made some moves at the trade deadline, did the same thing this year. I would add just one thing to what Jeff and John said, which is that they have started quite obviously, because they're winning almost every day, to win some of the closer games. And that's because Jordan Romano has been dominant. That's because Tim Meza is as legitimate an eighth inning guy as there is right now in Major League Baseball. And you've got Adam Simber and Trevor Richards probably a rung below on the ladder, but there's now that comfortable domino effect in the bullpen. What was such a tire fire through the middle months of the yeah. summer has settled in pretty nicely here now, and, and, and that can't go ignored. Passing, this is a race. Like, it's not like the Jays have just put on this show and they're waltzing into the postseason. The Red Sox should get some guys back from the COVID IL here. The schedule lightens up. I don't know what the bleep the Yankees are or when they are or when, like, 13 in a row. Then they go to the skids. Um, How do you see this breaking down as we turn down the home stretch? It's a whole lot better than the National League, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I mean, that thing is a race to the bottom. Uh, this is an exciting race. And I, I'm not counting the Seattle Mariners out because I have counted them out all year and we're 145 games into the season. And here they are still. And I'm not counting out the Oakland A's either because you look at that team and it's extremely talented from top to bottom as well. But to me right now, and maybe I'm being prisoner of the moment here, I feel like it's the Jays and then it's everyone else. And I understand the Jays have some series, you know, they, they play Tampa for the rest of this series and another time they have Minnesota for a couple series and the twins are talented enough, even though they've been bad this year, that uh, you may get something good out of them. They get the Yankees and then, you know, finishing with Baltimore is a, a nice little gift that they have. But uh, to me, if the Jays do not make the playoffs right now, not just because they're in that top wild card spot, but because they are as talented as they are, I think it will be an extreme disappointment. You're allowed to be a prisoner of the moment. Off the top of the show, I, I quoted uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, and I had to look it up because I forgot his name, uh, who said the best thing one can do when it's raining is to let it rain. We're allowed to be prisoners of the moment, okay? Good or bad, Jeffrey, we're allowed to be. Um, I appreciate that, <laughs> Of course. Morosi, we knew the AL East would be good. Um, do you agree with passing on how it'll break down? And in my mind, I feel like the Red Sox are in the most trouble here, but they also have the lightest schedule, and I don't know how to balance that. Yeah, Tim, it's a great point about strength of schedule. I've, I've always been someone who has looked at strength of schedule only a little bit at this time of year because I really believe it's more how you are playing. We have seen dangerous teams who are well out of the race play spoiler at the end of the year. I think back to covering those games at Camden Yards at the end of the 2011 season when the Red Sox collapse was complete against the Baltimore Orioles. So that's really sticking in my memory. That being said, 
the Jays just have to keep winning series. And I know Scott and I had a lot of conversations the last few weeks. Uh, I think we, we talked in late August when, as we saw that graphic a moment ago on the screen of, of the Jays postseason odds on fan graphs. I think Scott and I spoke right at the exact low point. Of that graph and basically said, it's not going to happen. They're not going to make the playoffs. And the last couple weeks have been a total turnabout. The Yankees' struggles have been a key part of that as well. And I really think when you look at the way the Jays are all lined up, health, the way the bullpen has come into focus, as Scott points out, the rotation consistency, I see them consistently winning series for the balance of the year. And if they do that, They'll make the playoffs. They really just have to keep winning one series after the other. And that focus that they've brought in here, again, you look at the, the matchups the next couple of days, you're, you're playing the team with the best record in the AL for so much of the season, and yet you've got your best starters lined up. Rasmussen's been a fun story for the Rays. But again, Toronto's got to like their chances tonight. And then tomorrow with Ray as well. And guys, I'll make this point too, and, and Scott and I have talked about this as well, to just think about the way that Roger Center will feel the last homestand of the season when all these things are are at stake here. You get a chance to finish with two great series at home. Yeah. My goodness, I got goosebumps thinking about that and think about the way it's going to sound in your eardrums to hear a packed Rogers Center with all that excitement in the final week of the season. My goodness, guys, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, we, we hope we get there uh, on a public health level for sure. Scotty, you know it's crazy when Teoscar goes five for five and he's like the fifth story of the day is is the vladdy season the headliner the marquee on all that we're watching right now it i i i have to cop to it i i didn't know and maybe i wasn't alone but i didn't know what to expect heading into this season this this really was you know jeff state of missouri show me Right. The, the weight issues and the different things that that were roadblocks in Vladdy's way the first couple of years of his very young career. We also sometimes forget his age. This kid is 22 years old and he now has 45 home runs in a single season, something his Hall of Fame father has not accomplished. If you go to his baseball reference stats page, it is littered with blackened or emboldened font, which <laughs> indicates that he's either leading the American League or all of Major League Baseball in the statistical categories that are blackened or emboldened. It, this guy is right in the conversation. Maybe this is where you're hoping I was going to take this, Timmy. Mm. Right in the conversation for the American League MVP. I almost feel like we've got to create an award for Shohei Otani because only Shohei Otani does what Shohei Otani is doing. And maybe we'll call it the Babe Ruth Award if we want to go back 100 years. But you can make a real strong argument that the Cy Young Award winner and the American League MVP both reside in Toronto right now. Scott, I, Scott, I, I, I hate to do this, but Vlad Guerrero Jr. has about as good of a chance of winning the MVP as Tim and Morosi have of beating me and you in a hair tag team contest. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is not happening. I know. It's I know. not happening. Let's so let's let's just be realistic for the fans out there to understand that what Vlad Guerrero Jr. is doing right now is magnificent, is wondrous, is potentially historic. But Otani's doing something that's never been done. And and he just, you know, Vlad Guerrero Jr. had the unfortunate timing of having a career year at age 22 while a guy is doing something we haven't seen in a century. 
Okay, can, uh, let me jump in here, and John, you you piggyback on this as well. But Jeff, this is for you. If if these two seasons, Otani and Vladdy, happen again next year, which is to say that Otani has won the award, and these two seasons happen again next year, <laughs> who wins it? And the reason I ask is is Shohei Otani the MVP? For the next five, six, seven years, if he continues to do what he does, Jesse just said, "Yes, that, yeah. yes, okay, yes. okay." <laughs> Hold the thought. Yes. Hold the thought. I want to take the break and I want to come back because I have some number. Listen, I agree with you. Shohei Otani is doing something we haven't seen ever before, unless you're over a hundred years old, which there aren't many folks that actually saw Babe Ruth. So nobody has seen this. I want to bring up something that no one else has seen basically for a long time as well. We'll do that next. The virtual roundtable stays assembled. It is Morosi, it is Pass, it is MacArthur, it is McCallop, and we will continue it next right here on Tim and Friends. Why I love the virtual roundtable, the entire commercial break was continuing the conversation that we just had going to break. And that is the history of the game, Shohei Otani on one side, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on the other side. So I offer to you, John Paul Morosi, if in fact Vladimir Guerrero Jr. plays on a team that makes the playoffs, that's a big key here, team that makes the playoffs, and he wins the triple crown for both leagues, let me list off the guys that have done that in the past. Ty Cobb, Rogers Hornsby, Lou Gehrig, Ted Williams, and the last guy to do it was Mickey Mantle, I believe, in 1955. Sorry, 56. My bad. One more year onto the mix. Is, does that change your opinion at all on Shohei Otani winning MVP? Tim, it's a great question. The answer for me right now is still no. It would be very unfortunate timing indeed for Vlad to have an all-time great season when his main competition is also having an all-time great season. And probably, as Jeff points out, something has never been done before And in the case of Otani. As an MVP voter, and I'm not a voter this year, so I can speak very freely on the topic because I don't have to worry about how I'm going to eventually order them. If I had to vote right now, I would go Otani 1, Vlad two, and then Marcus Semyon three. I think Semyon has played his way into the top three. With Vlad, I look at his value, and I would give him extra points for being the deciding factor in a team making the playoffs. I would also give him bonus points in my mind for the historically significant season of an all-major league triple crown. But again, Otani is doing something that has never been done before. When you add up all the value, the pitching and the hitting, there is really no tangible way for us to reckon with this other than to give him the MVP. And when you consider what Otani has done and the historical nature of what he's achieved this season already, it's a year that has to end in a trophy. He's not going to win the Cy Young. He doesn't have enough innings for that, in my opinion. But his year needs to end with a trophy. Now, Vlad's year could end with a triple crown presentation. It could end with him being the World Series MVP. And those are all very worthy trophies to chase. I just think that right now, when I line them both up, Otani, by the merit of his historical achievement, gets my MVP vote by the slightest of margins over Vlad. I don't buy the argument that it's not close. I think it is close. 
but I still think Otani is a choice. Okay, let me follow up because in the commercial break you said, and I, I'm just I'm going to try and put words in your mouth, but tell me if I'm wrong. You said we've never seen it before because you think what Otani's doing is better than Babe Ruth. Right. There's never <laughs> been a year in which Ruth achieved both offensively and on the mound in the way that Otani is doing. And that's why I think for the last couple months we have seen some historical comparisons between Otani and Ruth, but even those on some level are reductive to Otani. He has been that great all in and of himself. There's never been a player who is doing what Otani is doing right now. And that is why for all Vlad's brilliance, I have to go Otani one. Can I, can I make, can I make a point though? And, and I think this is important. And John, you don't have an MVP vote this year. I do. I don't make what? votes based on people do. Yeah, I mean, come on, look at this. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't place my vote based on someone doing something historic. Someone doing something historic is a wonderful thing to look at and to appreciate. But this gets back to what Scott was saying before the break. If Otani does this next year, no longer is it as historic as it is this year. What it is is equally brilliant. Because the brilliance of Otani is that he's two players in one. If you have somebody who is playing both ends of the game, that means it's like combining two great players at the same time. And never before since MVP voting has been around have we been able to ask and answer the question, what happens if you have an MVP caliber hitter and a guy who's a Cy Young caliber pitcher, and they're the same guy. Yeah. The answer is, yeah. he is MVP every year he stays healthy. But, but, Period. End of story. But I agree with you, and I. Uh, here's the thing. You and I both know that there are a lot of people who do place their votes on narrative-based arguments no doubt. and no historic doubt. accomplishments. Yeah, well, no. I'm I'm here You're trying to make the argument against yeah. that. I was all, I was also the downer who was trying to make the argument that the year Miguel Cabrera won the triple crown, Mike Trout was actually the MVP of the American League. So at least I'm intellectually <laughs> consistent, if nothing else. All right, so Scotty, I know there's a lot of Jays homers right now saying, well, but if they make the playoffs and they do this and Vladdy does that and they're, you know, 10 games below 500. How can, how can he be the most valuable player? Jays fans just have to be comfortable in the knowledge that they're probably going to have two guys in the top three of AL MVP voting, right? Well, and one of the things that, that I like to yell and rant and rave about is, is that picking one over another does not diminish right. in any way the accomplishment of the another in, in that equation. Uh, Vladdy is out there every single day. He has been, uh, to his credit, an absolute lifesaver at, at first base. I mean, there have been significant points of the season where he has stretched, he has done the splits, he has saved his shortstop and his third baseman a lot of errors. So he is a well-rounded, traditional, quote, position player who's out there every single day in Major League Baseball. You know, Shohei Otani, I'll capitulate. He's a unicorn. He's different. He may win the MVP in the American League every single year for the next decade. Uh, but Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will bring his stats to the table and his accomplishments to the table and into that conversation likely each and every year. 
I love that Scott MacArthur right now, as he looks, is splitting hairs of greatness here on Tim and Friends. <laughs> how, how, how many of those do I have? <laughs> All right. I've never uh, worn it this long. What? What? Okay, Morosi, what's the one story that I should have brought up while we were talking baseball and did way too much Jays talk? Well, I'll say this, Tim, and I think Jeff would probably agree with me here. The Jays are probably the most fascinating team to talk about in all of baseball right now. One of the reasons why they're so interesting is that, yes, we're talking a lot about Vlad and the MVP conversation, but Semyon has also played his way, as we documented, into the top three. And the Cy Young Award winner might also be a Blue Jay and Robbie Ray, and both Ray and Semyon are free agents after this year. So while this young core that we talk about a lot, and we should – with Vlad and Bichette and the others, uh, is in some ways just getting started. This is a win-now, need-to-win-now season because you have two key players, both of whom might walk when the year is over. And, And when you look at the way this rotation lines up, with Ray pitching the way he's pitching, Manoa, uh, an ascendant pitcher who I don't think has to have his innings capped in any way, and Berrios getting more and more comfortable, this team should enter the playoffs even if they're a wild card saying we can and maybe we even should win the American League this year. Pass in less than a minute here. There's a very good argument to be made right now that the Toronto Blue Jays are the most dangerous team in the American League. And that is something that I did not think I would have been ever saying a month ago. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Scotty, last word to you before we say goodbye to everybody. Um, don't take my predictions for a grain of salt or, or take them with a grain of salt because I wrote them off after the semi and air game against Detroit, but get your trash cans out. <laughs> Jason throws ALCS. Uh, that's wonderful. And I love the predictions because passing uh, allowed me to cash out on my phone. Sohei Otani for MVP. I did it because I got a little bit of scared and I got Bo Bichette hits and Bo Bichette runs because of Passon's wonderful predictions. Gentlemen, thank you for doing this and putting money in my pocket. Morosi, Ann Arbor, Passon, KC, Scotty in Toronto. Gentlemen, I thank you for being a part of the virtual round. Grazie mille. Thank you. <laughs> Enough, Morosi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids, after the break, a true old friend is stopping by the studio with a big announcement. That's right, kids. Cabby Cabral Richards joins me in studio for our number two big announcement on the way as well as your Jays pregame coverage as they go for their fifth straight win and have become the darlings of the media world apparently more Tim and friends Cabby next Thank you very much. Sheepdog's back here. Hour number two on Tim and Friends. Full hour, Sportsnet 360. A half hour on Sportsnet ahead of Blue Jays Central. Cabby Cabral Richards about to join me in studio. We'll discuss his big news, do some cut or uncut, and of course talk some Jays as they get set to take on the Rays at the Rogers Center. Second game of the series, Jose Barrios will start for the Jays against the Rays' Drew Rasmussen. Jays enter the night, a game up on the Yankees and Red Sox in the wild card race. Just saying, eight back of the Rays in the division. Just saying. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. 
Barrios had three straight solid starts for the Jays, while Rasmussen has pitched well in seven starts for the Rays after moving from the bullpen, but he hasn't gone more than five innings all season. Here is the lineup that he will be facing tonight. No changes in the top five because they are absolutely raking. Springer remains leadoff spot and will DH. Corey Dickerson bat six plays center field. How about Lourdes Gurriel Jr.? He's in left batting seven absolutely smashing the ball right now and still can't get above seventh in the lineup. Reese McGuire bats ninth and catches Barrios tonight. Alec Manoa pitched a gem last night at the Rogers Center to start the series. Here's his manager Charlie Montoyo. It's always good to win the first game of a series and even more when you when we got you know six of the last the next ten against them you know so of course it was a big win but everything starts on the mound and Manoa was outstanding you know I think somebody told me it was 13 and 4 or something which is pretty awesome for a rookie he should be in the conversation for Rookie of the Year. I don't even know who the other guys are, but it's, he's been impressive. He's one of those guys when you first saw it, okay, he's got it, you know? But again, it's about development, so you gotta let him develop. But you gotta give uh, Ross Atkins credit for saying, hey, come on, you know? We're gonna give you a chance, even though he hasn't pitched that many innings in the minor leagues, you know? And he's done it, and he was right. Jays fans obviously keeping a close eye on the other action in the AL wildcard mix. Yankees Garrett Cole on the mound as they start a series against the lowly Orioles in Baltimore. Red Sox and Mariners on Sportsnet 1 tonight at 10 Eastern. You don't need to scoreboard watch. You can just watch. Nathan Eovaldi against Tyler Anderson and the A's in Kansas City for the first of three. Oakland starting the night three and a half games back of the Jays. All right, plenty more Jays coverage coming up, including a visit to the Rogers Center to check in with Dan Schulman and Pat Tabler. Meantime, Champs League group stage kicking off today with eight games on the schedule, including Alfonso Davies in the starting 11 for Bayern Munich. So the knee looking good as he gets the go against Barcelona. What a matchup, at least on paper. 34th minute, Thomas Muller shot, deflects off of Eric Garcia, past his own keeper, Bayern up. 1-0. 56th minute, Jamal Musiala hits the post. It comes right back to Robert Lewandowski. He does not need any help. 2-0 Byron. 85th minute, Serge Nabry hits the post again and again to Lewandowski. He does more this time but collects the brace. Alfonso Davies enjoying it all. Bayern Munich, best club in the world. Looks like it. 3-0 over Barcelona. Let's go to Group F. Young Boys Manchester United. Everyone looking for Cristiano Ronaldo and my dude shows up in big games. How about a nutmeg for the goal? And he is just scoring goals. And lots of them. 135th Champs League goal. 1-0 United. 66th minute. United now down to 10 men. Young Boys take advantage. We are tied at one final minute stoppage time. United with possession. What will happen? Well, this. Decent, they're hard working. No, really, no real stellar. Oh, it's been given away. There's Sibachu with the chance. Oh, what a gift. What a gift. And Jordan Sibachu in the last minute of added time wins the match for Young Boys. Young boys are wild boys. They pull off the massive upset despite Ronaldo's presence and goal. 2-1, your final in full time. Let's go to Leo Wolfsburg. 
And yes, our guy Jonathan David, bottom of your screen, battle for the ball won by Angel Gomez. And the ball is played ahead to Canadian Jonathan David. Watch this. Take it down and finish. However, we go to VAR and we go back a ways and determine that this ball was played out of bounds. Goal waved off. That's why we invented VAR. I'm being completely and utterly sarcastic. 64th minute, another chance for David parried away. This one ends in a goalless draw between Lille and Wolfsburg. Got it good and since you understood, my next guest needs absolutely no introduction to most Canadian sports fans, but I'm going to give him one anyway because he's not only one of my day ones in the business, quite literally, but Tim and Sid does not exist if he didn't help with his Twitter account and get people to a podcast absolutely nobody knew about. And I'm eternally grateful for that. He's been plying his trade south of the border, but now he's got news. Great news, but I will let him tell you that news. Either way, allow me to reintroduce my friend, Cabral Richards, who joins me in studio. What's going on, Kevin? It's it's great to see you, Tim. I'm just going to give you these ones to start. Thank you. But the news that you released earlier today. You know what's crazy? What? The last time that you and I were in a room together on the air, I was saying goodbye. Oh, nice. And I was like, missed. I'm feeling a little <laughs> bit of that right now. And it's uh, and just, and just waving over me. But, um, uh, but it, anyway, listen, it's been, um, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind uh, uh, coming back home. And, and my announcement is I'm betting on Sportsnet, my G. And I came home to, to build uh, a robust betting content, a, a portfolio of really smart people, a couple of gurus, uh, a couple of long shots. But uh, I'm excited to, to build this, um, this portfolio with Sportsnet and, uh, you know, with your help, Donovan's help. But there's so many smart people here, and I know that we'll, we'll, have, um, we'll have some great things uh, ahead and planned and <laughs> un- Unleashed on the masses. Unleashed on the masses. Thank let me, you very let me, much. Let me do this first. What do you mean? <laughs> I didn't want to step all over because I have a tendency to step all over. So well, I let, yeah. I you're do, a great teammate, bro. I do that sometimes where I jump in just because I want to. One, I remember giving you a framed Jim, Jim Brown. Brown. Yeah, I still have it. Do you? Yeah, awesome. Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali in the same, like two icons who we Love and respect and adore and revere in the same photo. Uh, that, and another, actually, Jim Brown uh, portrait, too. Thank you, by the way. W- without a doubt. And two, this is amazing. So a lot of people are thinking that you're jumping into that chair. He's jumping into that chair for now. But we can't hold you down here. Like <laughs> You are going to be all over this network on a bunch of different facets. And betting is just kind of the start because, obviously, there are new rules that yeah, will be yeah. unveiled in all of our country. And uh, Jesse and I have kind of been dabbling. We've been sprinkling. Sprinkle We've been dinkle? sprinkling a little bit. So now you can join the fray here and in other places around here? Yeah. Are, wait, are you sprinkling on the Jays tonight? I mean, they're going for five in a row, Jesse. Why we- not, man? Why not? I'm a, uh, Why not? I'm, I'm, a, I'm like a futures sprinkler, and I don't know if you heard, I just cashed oh! on Shohei Otani AL MVP because I got it out early. What did you get a, it? I was a little 25 like, to 1. Oh! Yeah. Mm. Okay! Okay! You didn't, like, I mean, I know you're coming in for the betting, yeah. but I had three futures this year. I just told 
the roundtable that was assembled. Three futures. Twenty-five Jesse. to one is up. That's Dude, the dream. That is went, chef's kiss. Can you go two and zero oh this week in the NFL too? I went like, two and zero. Oh I mean, not just hey. the futures guy. Bro, I, a lot, think, I think we need you on the betting team. I know you <laughs> no, have no. your thing here so, with Tim and friends, but uh, and and thank you for for having me here to, to make this announcement. But you know, in the next few weeks or next months, we're we're gonna build this team. I'll have a bunch of ideas uh, about uh, ways to. You know, uh, the betting community is like, they're passionate people. And when you have money at stake, you're just more emotional. Right. And obviously, when we when we all started, you know, how many pools <laughs> were we? Like, we yeah. were in like 17 pools yeah. in a calendar year. Coleman, yeah. Jay Sands, my man D. Like, we, you know, and, and not that we were, you know, dropping a lot of money back then. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should really talk about stuff that we did like 20 years ago. But, <laughs> but, but now, that, that you know, speaks to the experience right? of play here. Yes. <laughs> but I, I know that there are so many people in Canada so excited that betting is finally, single-game betting is finally legal. Right. You know, we had to deal with parlays forever, which, you know, if you get a, you build a 12, 13, 14-leg parlay. Tucker's bet. Yeah, sorry. What? <laughs> sorry. What? You know, yeah, yeah. 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 It, listen, <laughs> it's the, tough. The, the, the odds are long, but the payouts are amazing. Right. However, they're, like, impossible. It's like trying to slide into Sierra's DM. Like, it's impossible <laughs> to, to hit, you know what I mean? Right. Like, to get a response is what right. I mean. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, right. but, but now that, like, you know, single-game betting is, is, like, you know, we're a few weeks or, or months away, I know that there's a lot of excitement here. I came back to, you know, help to build that excitement and to find people in the community that you know want to mess with what we do and take some people nice. on some on on a roller coaster, take them some live events. You know, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff planned, and I'm excited to do so. The one thing that a lot of people don't know about you, but I know because I've seen you since uh, you were what, like 19? Yeah, well, we yeah, uh, 20. 20. Ver, Verk and I started the same day. Uh, <laughs> non Verk, salute to him at MLB Network. Uh, and then I think you and Sid were. He, Not he, much later. I, I or, remember. Or just before us. I was way. so vexed, and this is the truth, because Cabby and Adnan were making, and I love how you say his name properly, Adnan, and, yeah. you, and you, sh- you shame me into saying it properly all the time. <laughs> um, but uh, you guys were making $50 a shift. Yeah. And I was volunteering and getting nothing. Oh, you were? Yeah, I was like unpaid intern, and I was so mad at both you and Adnan because I was like, they're making 50 bucks a shift. <laughs> 50 bucks a shift. And it literally I'll take took that me, now. It took me six months to get 50 bucks a shift. Well, listen, when I started doing Cabbie on the Street, it was free Zero. for like yeah. six months, and I was <laughs> editing from. So anyway, we don't need to go down. No, that we don't. Way, but, let's, let's talk about. But what I, what I meant to say is, I've known you since Jump in the business. Yeah. And you've mentored so many people behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. Like so many people have learned off of Cabral Richards and what the the. And I'm going to say this: the the trail that you've blazed in this country and. I'm excited to hear that's a part of the equation because I think both you and I think that that's important. Thanks, my brother. Yeah, it's um, yeah, and and here we are again at like at the press of it to build something the way we did, you know, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, betting is, it's it's exploding, man, and it's exciting. And once you have skin in the game, it's even like more emotional. But that you know, other than just actually the transaction of right. betting, there's a whole community that like that um, we, we will meet, we will engage with, we will share the highs and lows because everybody's into it and you're, you're riding on the roller coaster. <laughs> Salute to you for going 2-0 and oh in the first week. Bro, I got, oh, man. I, and I'm an emotional, 
Like, yeah. homer, like period. No, yeah, you're just emotional. I'm emotional. <laughs> and it's like impossible like, to bet against the Raptors. Sometimes I don't even bet with the Raptors because I'm like, this is they're gonna break my heart. Yeah. And then you know that my guy, Aaron Charles, like Aaron yeah. Charles yes. did not have a a great game. First, no. you know, the Saints defense was <laughs> blanketed that dude like just say like, 38-3. It's okay. You can say 38-3. You know who lost you know who lost 38-3 to the New Orleans Saints last year? Tom Brady and the mm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, mm. thirty-eight to three. What they do? They won the Super Bowl. They won the Super Ooh, Bowl. Ooh, what do you? Oh, futures bets too. They got the chips with the dip. With the dip. So did you, the jersey. Uh, did you bring something? Ooh, hey, in listen. The studio with you. Thank you. Thank you for the reminder. And this is this is something from the archives here. A few people will remember this. That's my man B in the green. That's my man D in. With, oh, you see the D on his chest. I'm mm. the stupid one in the middle. But I don't know if this will fit you, bro. Because what? Well, this is what on fam. <laughs> Wait, do you have one? What on? Because I I come oh, prepared let's go. too. Oh, let's go. Uncle Timmy brought his old <laughs> the school. Wow, that's the original. The OG's been in the household for a long time. And I appreciate you. I can't believe that you brought another one of those joints in yeah. because this was so back in the day to let people in, like this was exclusive. This is, yeah, this these is are still Scorsese's. I think Scorsese. we had like 70 made, and we used to give them out on Score Tonight every time I was on, you, me, and Sid, and, and, uh, and you know, we do plays of the week. And then uh, I met a guy, actually, what, I, I ran into a dude in Calgary, but he's from Winnipeg. I was mm-hmm. buying sneakers, and he, he was one of the dude, one of the recipients. He had, he had one. He had yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of. Let's go. Let's do this. Of a trip down. I think, feel like if you turn your hat backwards, you can't wear glasses. So Yeah, spe- that might be. Okay. Speaking of. Can a, you see? No. <laughs> speaking of, and good thing there's no throw in a prompter because we're just doing this ad lib. Because I wouldn't be able good to luck. read it. Do you want me to read? Oh, no. no. There's nothing in there's the prompter. There's nothing in there. No, I'm telling you. This we're taking is, people behind the curtain. This is straight from the heart. Uh, let's go back in the day on the Boulevard of Linden, a.k.a. the score. Because as we go to the archives. We may have gone to the archives ourselves a wee bit. I just want to say for you guys, from uh, Cabby All-Stars to NHL All-Stars. Yes. Is it the same? Is it the same like... uh, Being a Cabby All-Star and an NHL All-Star. A little bit different. A little bit? Yeah. Anytime you come in the room here, though, there's something strange going on. Uh, That is pretty pretty same stuff every day. I like your energy. You're... You're good. See how he's just sitting there? He's about to yawn. He's yawning. This guy's coughing. You hype with it. You came with the goggles, the hat. Yeah, you can definitely be in my game. You got to be a big boy to have a handshake like this. One, two. We go here, we jump, and then we crash, and then we crash again, you know. But you got to be a big boy like that to do it. Am I, am I not big enough? <laughs> I brought my girl out to Vegas this weekend, and we're going to get married. I'm wondering if you'd like to be my best man. Nah. How come? Because I don't know you or your family. Well, you, I mean, you, we can get to know each other in the next few hours. No way. Do you want to call your phone from my phone? Um, I'd, I'd rather not. First of all, what's all this right here? Oh, it's our, it's our limo. This Who's is limo? This is our limo, Coach. Our limo? Yeah. I better not see the bill for that. Okay, if you scoot next to me one more time, we'll flip your chair over, son. <laughs> How do you wrap your knob? My knobs. My knobs. Are <laughs> wow, is that a loaded question? Mine's pretty complicated. There's little, 
There's little twines in it, a little grip. Dude, your knob looks pretty clean. Yeah, well, it's not, yeah, <laughs> my knob is clean. It's not huge, but it's yeah. not small. It's not, no. <laughs> <laughs> But you work with it. You work with yeah, what you exactly, got. You work with exactly. it. I have no business doing this, but I'm doing it anyway. On the count of three. One, two, three. Wonderful. That was magic. And also, I'm just one of these. Thank you very much. Salute to the editors and, and whoever worked in archives to pull those those clips. What a, that was fantastic. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Wow. Uh, a little a little back in the day and a little looking forward to what we're about to do here. Glad to have you on the Sportsnet team. I'm happy to be here. Sportsnet bro. just got better, and I am uh, very very proud to still have this hat. <laughs> and, and it fits. And well. <laughs> Let's let's be honest. The head's gotten even bigger. Pause. All right. Will you stick around for like an hour? Like yes. just chill. I'm here. I'm here. Let's do it. All right. We're gonna do some J's coming back. Cabby is sticking around. Full hour. Too sweet to be sour. We'll check in. Speaking of heads, uh, <laughs> with Lourdes Guriel Jr. and the J's, Dan and Pat, J's and Rays. Can the offensive juggernaut keep rolling? We'll head to the park next. Tim and friends with Cabral Richards continues on Sportsnet. Sportsnet. Please. The hottest team in baseball opens up a three-game series with the division leaders. Lined into center and another RBI for Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Another base hit, and this one will cash in a couple. Swing of the ball, looped in the air out to deep left field. And it is gone! Bo Bichette with a solo shot. Hooks it down the left field line. Gone! Step aside, Vlad Sr. Jr. with number 45. What a phenomenal performance by Alec Manoa. Just one hit, 10 strikeouts. Can't get much better than that. The good times continue. They open up the series with a convincing 8-1 win. Tim and Friends continues with Cabral Richards in studio. The Jays' momentum picked up even more steam against the Rays last night. They've now won 15 of 17, hold the first wild card in the AL by themselves. More on tonight's game against the Rays. Here are the men in the booth. Dan Schulman, Pat Tabler. Gentlemen. Well, Tim, there is nothing like meaningful September baseball. The Blue Jays certainly have that going on right now. But you know what, Tabby? So do four other teams in the American League. You've got five teams vying for two wild card spots. Yeah, and it's going to come down to the wire, I think, Dan. If you take a look at the standings right now where the Blue Jays are, who they're going to face, let's start at the bottom. The Oakland Athletics, they play Seattle and Houston the last couple of weeks. That's all who they play. So they're going to cancel each other out, possibly the Mariners and the Athletics. Oakland has some problems, I think, in their bullpen. Seattle, long road trip coming up. Ten games will determine their season. Boston Red Sox, 81-65. and 65. They have a big series left versus New York Yankees. They finished the last week on the road. Then the Yankees, three winnable series. Then they finish with Boston, Toronto, and Tampa Bay. And I think the Blue Jays 
All they have to do is just keep on winning. They've got that New York series, that three-game series, the last week of the season. It's going to be huge. That could determine who wins the wild card. That series right here at Rogers Center when the Yankees and the Blue Jays match up. And there's only one series for the Blue Jays. After that Yankee series, they finish this regular season in Toronto against the Baltimore Orioles. But some games to be played and hopefully won between now and then. Tim, back to you. Thank you very much, Mr. Showman, Mr. Tabler, uh, Cabral Richards. In you're, you're so used to saying Rabrell Richards, I think. <laughs> so I almost did it twice. That was the way that we'd get away or get around things. Uh, when he worked back. at that three-letter network, I had to call you Rabrell Richards. Uh, <laughs> now I'm doing it in real life now that you're back with us here at Sportsnet. But I was just thinking as, as they were going through what's going on in the wildcard. I know that you've been in Sin City, and sometimes it can be a little bit distracting in Las Vegas. Bro, but you, you, the pools, my <laughs> lord. <laughs> right. I, I might have a trip coming up. Actually? Uh, yeah. Mm, okay, Good, let me connect? know. Yeah, all right. Uh, so <laughs> does it not, though, feel like as you get back into Canada and you feel kind of the vibe here, it feels kind of like 2015 all over again, where yeah. there's this ride where everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. I feel, yeah, and I feel it. And I just don't know, like, how this team, which has kind of played 500 all season, goes 12-1 and one in September. You mentioned, or um, Dan mentioned, they're, they're ending the season with uh, playing the Orioles, which is a nice gift, considering how they just, like, mollywopped Baltimore in four <laughs> games. Uh, but, yeah, it, it feels a little like this team is so lovable. And when you were going through the lineup earlier, like, Guriel is, like, he's – like he's when he's on, he's he's incredible, and he's batting seventh. Like he can't even, he, like the the lineup is so potent. We've hit the most. We excuse me, the Jays have hit the most homers in the MLB this year. That this guy can't even move up in his own lineup because it's the offense has just been ridiculous. And talk about like we just a, a dude betting on himself. I know we Fred Van Vliet sort of has yeah, he yeah. has that corner of betting on themselves with Marcus Simeon on a one year deal, Robbie Ray on a one year deal. Betting on themselves, like those those fellas have absolutely earned the right to get paid. Like bring up, you know, bring the Brinks truck, secure the bag. They're gonna do that uh, next year. And, but it's awesome to see him in Jay's uniforms this year. If, if you need an agent, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, I'm not. I'm get not your quite, 4% to yeah, McGallum. I'm not quite capable, uh, but I am here and available for uh, your agency. Yeah, Tim, Tim and friends also means that you can you have other fields of expertise. <laughs> Is that what it means? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. So who, like, among this group, like, obviously, Vladdy is the marquee. And, like, listen, you and I were around when his dad was taking things off of his shoe tops and throwing it into right no field. No batting gloves, homie. <laughs> yes. Right? Remember yeah, that? All of it was ridiculous. And his son might be more ridiculous than he is. Ooh, that's pretty. Because Vladdy had, like, even in the uh, Anaheim years, he had... Yeah. He had some monster outputs, but you know, you might be right. Like the way my guy was, he like the, I don't know what the launch angle was, 15, 16%. Jesse, yeah. do you remember the launch angle was tied uh, for the lowest? 15, 15 degrees. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, like, the guy is, and then, and Bichette like golfing one out of, out of the park. No, but see, like Vlad Jr. has a chance to, what, it like, Win the triple crown this yeah, year? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty nice. But Vlad Sr., I think, was it 2000? He had a monster year. I don't know if it, what the... Uh, he had I, a couple. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, right? But I know what you're talking about. The, the, he had one year where you're just, like, sh head-shakingly good. But his son is doing that at 22 yeah, right now. Bonkers. Uh, listen, Cab is sticking around. We're going to send you to Blue Jay Central on Sportsnet. Jamie and Joe are standing by. They'll take you to first pitch. Also... 
on Sportsnet 360. Cabby continues here. I'll introduce him to Jesse. We'll do some cut or uncut. And uh, listen, just going to have some fun. Back in 60 seconds on what is the score. I mean, Sportsnet 360, <laughs> Jays, Blue Jays Central coming up next right here on Sportsnet. Enjoy whatever you're watching, kids. Stick with us. Don't doubt yourself, Rebel Kittrick. <laughs> uh, 2025 year old Vladimir Guerrero Sr. with Montreal. 345. That's sick. 410. 44 home runs. 123 RBIs. Best part of it. He finishes sixth in NL MVP voting. Come on. Was <laughs> yes. that a Bonds year, 2000, uh, or was that Jeff Kent? What? Either yeah. way. But, yeah, he, he, my guy has this historic season, yeah. and 79 people Jeez. watched him play at Expos games. Jeff Kent. Again, Unbelievable. Jeff Kent. Jeff? Very yeah. good. And guess who finished second What's in voting? There? Barry Bonds. Barry, Barry Don't Lamar doubt Bonds. yourself yeah. at all in any way. By the way, uh, Jesse Rubinoff, Cabral Richards. Great to see you, my dude. What's up, my dude? Great to see you. Uh, so that you're right on that, uh, Jeff Kent. That's amazing. And also finishing ahead of Vladdy Sr. in that NL MVP voting. Mike Piazza. Oh, wow. Jim Edmonds. Oh, wow. And Todd Helton in Oh, Colorado. my goodness. Yeah. Not a bad list of dudes, though. Bagwell, right out. There's a few Hall of Famers there, and one All that Hall if of Famers, he, I think, except well, for Barry Lamar. Barry in his big head, <laughs> not in the Hall of Fame, and I'm good with that. You know, I remember you and I had a heated. Oh, we've we've gone many toe to toe about about. Um, you, your line was, "How do you look, Hank Aaron, in the face?" That was my line. That's mm. always been. My, you remember my line? Yeah. How do you look, Hank Aaron, in the face and tell him that his record was broken by a cheater? All he went through. And then I wanted A-Rod to break the record so I could say that he broke him by a cheater who was broken by a cheater. But never <laughs> he remembers got. everything, apparently. I, yeah, well, <laughs> apparently. It's, it's weird. It's, it, I feel nostalgic being I've never been in this space before. And you have a beautiful studio, by the way. Thank but you. it just feels like it feels. We've myself. known each other. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, excellent <laughs> masonry and carpentry. Yes. Uh, you and Jesus Christ are, do great work. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> You're the same person? Um, no, but. Uh, um, same well, thing. I didn't say same person. Same no, no, you got no, thrown no, by no, that. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Same thing. No, not really. Uh, but I, I just, yeah, you and I have had many debates. In, oh, sorry, I was that was the beauty of, of, of our relationship is that you and I could go, like, and I feel like this is like true brothers. You can go toe to toe, get heated, and then the next day it's the same. Yeah, and then we could hug it out. Right. I don't know if, like, I don't know what we could, We did hug earlier today. Yes. But that's because we both like, rapid testing and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we went through everything. Yeah, yeah. we have to explain it. Jesse yeah. had to qualify his entire, yeah. he had his bachelor party this weekend in Muskoka. <laughs> yeah, it was. In yeah. Muskoka. Have you spoken? Are you? Yeah, no, we talked we, about we, it yesterday. We, we, had, we had a little, it was a, he, he was a very good boy, even though I suggested other things may have transpired at this bachelor party. Do we, do we his need dad to go get a bottle of Casamigos? No, it was, it was a great day. Oh, your, pop, your dad yeah, was there a, was oh, okay. Yeah, there, there was some tequila. Let's some G-rated There was some stuff. Activity. Yeah, was, no, no, total, everything was G-rated. But I was telling you yesterday. Wait, wait a second. Put me on the hot seat. I mean, look, man, I'm engaged. Who has that on the bike? Well, they more. It has been, we tried to 
find Muelde Moore. So there's this. I'll tell <laughs> oh, the story. Yeah, you can't find it. You can't like, find Muelde. So you he was remember like three the story. Years old. No. So no, this, I, for I, those who don't remember the story, Muelde Moore was on the <laughs> Minnesota Vikings, who had accusations of a sex cruise where they went out on a boat on Lake Minnetonka. I remember to this day, Lake Minnetonka, and that there was basically an orgy on a boat. And then they asked the players about this uh, allegation, this rumor that there was like a sex cruise. And Mawalde Moore just looks in the camera and goes, sex? What sex? Look, look, man, I'm engaged. And it just... <laughs> It looked like be guilty. Could not, could not have looked guiltier. No. Could not. Could like it was. It was basically like, oh, what is a smoking gun doing in my hand? Like, yes. It was, yeah. My guy G- was gun. What? What? What are you talking about? <laughs> Anyways, it was one of the greatest moments in the hit, and it scrubbed off the nice. internet. He paid yeah. to have that. Thing. Oh, in real life, you can't oh, find yeah. it. We've tried to find We've it looked, multiple times. Multiple times. How do you scrub it. stuff off the internet? That's a thing. Go ask uh, Liv, Liv Shriver how to do that. They, Oh, I didn't even. Oh yeah, the voice People, of Hard Knocks. No, but he Ray did. Donovan. Oh, yeah, Ray he's Donovan. Ray Donovan. Thank yeah. you. Okay, yeah. I should have said Ray Donovan. Sorry. All right. Would okay, you, Jesse. Sorry. Yes. Cut or uncut. No, we're good. Let's cut or uncut. I'm ready. I'm ready. That I, excuse. I, I, do enjoy, I, do, I do it. <laughs> <laughs> cut. Uh, cut for sure. Let's do a little cut or uncut. Jesse, do you want to give the explanation? Sure. I can give you the explanation yeah, yeah, for those playing I along. Cab knows the deal. Cut yeah. or uncut. Uncut we like. Cut we don't like. I'm going to give you a topic or something that people are talking about in the news. And you're going to give me, you and Tim will give me cut or uncut. So let's begin with the Met Gala last night. Chance for celebrities, politicians, athletes to make a fashion statement. We begin with Kim Kardashian, who showed up in a black gown and oh, mask yeah. obscuring her face. Yeah. Supposed to be uh, eccentric at the gala. Cavi, we'll start with you. Cut or uncut? Uncut. Kim K's I'm, outfit. I'm, uncut. I'm here for all of the internet memes. And this is, this is deliberate. Like, all of these... Outfits are 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 planned, mm. and they're you know they're uh, they have their teams, their stylists. I'm saying uncut because you have to make like I don't know exactly what statement Kim K is trying to make <laughs> here, but um, I'm saying uncut. And and you know what? Actually, maybe they're doing it for the internet because like that's Lil exactly Nas what they're doing. Yeah, for Lil sure. Lil Nas X. Yeah. Uh, actually, salute to um Sean. Uh, oh my gosh, who's dating Camilla? Yeah. Oh, he, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a, he had a nice outfit, but yeah, no, uncut for Kim K. What and our, mean, our Canadian tennis players looked like they were out at prom and looking very like Leila Fernandez, yes. Felix Oje Aliassime. They they were like classically. Well, this is their first time. They're yeah. like, I'm not going to make a, <laughs> but, a mockery of this cathedral called the Met Gala. But the Met, like, I feel like this is one of the like. You lived in the the center of American excess. Yes, that is Las true. Vegas, that and I true. feel like the Met Gala has morphed into that, and it's almost becoming a caricature of itself. So I'm going to say cut on most of it, though I did Ooh. see our Canadians looking very slick. The, it is it is uh, the biggest show demonstration of pageantry as far as style and fashion goes. It's the place where people can flex or come out with the most ridiculous but it's not, fits. Yeah, it's not that anymore. It's just the most ridiculous fits. And though I know people are making very strong political statements in a lot of them that I respect, I just feel like it's gone overboard in the ridiculous in an attempt to get on the internet. As you said. <laughs> yeah, I'm going you know to get an athlete in here. So Russell Westbrook has had some legendary looks over the years, obviously. Last night, a Star Spangled Banner theme. Oh. Oh, I didn't with, see this. Uh, blue hair to honor the theme of American fashion. So, would you say this was a slam dunk? Tim, cut or uncut? Russ's fit. I, uh, I have 
long questioned the fashionable attire of Russell Westbrook and been proven wrong on many occasions. So I'll just say uncut to Russell Westbrook's yeah. fit in this occasion. I like the fit. I yeah, mean, I the suit too. is clean. And and he posted, the other day he posted, uh, he was in a, a cashmere, you know, oh he was God, in a cardigan was. and like the... And he's, yeah, he's ripped. The cardigan in like a, what, a, like a white, like a, yeah, white like dress. A white dress. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, it, it was cool. And, and I was like, there was some, you know, people are pushing boundaries and just making it normal. And, it, you know, fashion is normal, regardless of however you want to rock. We remember Jaden Smith was wearing a dress a few yeah. years ago. And yeah. People were like up in arms. But, man, you just wear whatever you feel comfortable in. And Russell Westbrook has more confidence than you, oh. than you, than me, than everybody Combined. here at Sportsnet. Like the, the, in and the most, in whatever they feel the most confidence in, whether it's eating late night pizza or whatever, Russell Westbrook has more confidence than us. And it's probably almost deserved. And it's earned. Yeah, it's earned. Other than winning. Uh, I, mean, I mean, my guy's still winning. He's, no, he's, he's just, amazing. He's a Hall of Famer. He is a Hall of Famer. But yeah. sometimes you have to give up a little self to win at the highest level. That's all, Uncle Timmy. Have you seen his assist numbers, yeah. bro? Yeah, he put no, up no. a triple-double last night. We'll say that. <laughs> Good well done. Good outfit. Okay, Cap, you're the new executive producer of sports betting yes. content here at Sportsnet. Let's get it. Uh, let's get your opinion on a couple interesting wagers that we saw in week one of the NFL. Here's a good one. A player pop prop parlay in last night's yeah, Monday Nighter. Player prop parlay. This is the dream right here. $500 like won $19,950. <laughs> Bucks. Yes, give that man the So arrow. shout out to that man. Now the bad one, or maybe impressive, depending on how you look at it. This person went 0 of 10 yeah, this on the Sunday parlay. So the question is, cut or uncut? Double-digit wager parlays. I think I got your answer in the block previously. I think you said the 12, 13s. You mess around with those, so double-digit parlays here and there. I'm saying uncut on both. I mean, obviously, <laughs> salute to the homie who bet 500 to win 20 bands, but then going over 10 on the, like. I think that is actually more impressive to go a full slate of red X's yes. over to, I mean, they're so hard. They're amazing when they hit, but uh, uncut. Cause listen, that, that person is going to be back next week, starting Thursday night, and then just throwing another 20 or 50 or a hundred into the mix to try to hit one of those 12, 10 or 12 leg parlays. It should be like Keno. Like if you go zero four, you should get something out of that. Yes. <laughs> like that's just as hard. You they should get a free bet or a yeah, credit for Someone free. should give you something. Like it would be just as hard to go 0 for 10 as it would be to go 10 for 10. And we've all been there too. Yes, like yeah. we've all had over our life. Sometimes just in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, preach. Yeah. Preach, my dude. Right. Let's not get into it. Uh, so the NBA, we're at Russ. Let's go back to the NBA. Reportedly discussing the possibility of having an in-season tournament that will reward $1 million in prize money to each player for the winning team. The idea is to break up the regular season a bit, get another trophy in the mix, and incentivize players with some more dough. Cut or uncut, would we watch an in-season NBA tourney and would we like it? I'd say uncut. I love how the NBA continues to evolve. It's the leader in, as far as the big four sports go. Um, you know what? The... the tournament would be made better if they adopted the Elam ending so that there's, you know, the, yes. the final Shout quarter. CBL, yes. Yeah, the final quarter is there's a, you know, a target score. And then, you know, like, hopefully the last bucket or the last point scored is a, is a bucket. It's a two-pointer or a three-pointer. So there's like that exciting finish because we all know, like, sometimes the last two minutes of an NBA game 
it drags to its conclusion, yes. so many timeouts. But the Elam ending would just increase the intensity and the excitement. It's just a great right. spot for it. It's yeah. a great spot to introduce it, see if it works. And then if it does work, yes. you maybe move it over to the, I mean, to the regular season. They did it in the All-Star game. The yeah. past two All-Star yes. games did the Elam ending. Go ahead, I'm, I'm with you. I, I like where you're going with this. How about take it a step further and we allow for, because what they're doing is stealing basically the English idea in, from soccer on how you award in a given FA Cup. They try and award more trophies. They try and add more things to the equation. Why not allow for the selling of players? What do you mean? Like, like they do in Europe with soccer players, where if you're a team that's New Orleans and is struggling to hold on to all of your stars repeatedly, can you just sell the asset that is a player and hopefully use that money Towards other players. Oh, so you're not saying in the tournament. You're just no, saying no, in I'm general. saying let's take it even like for, a like transfer a, window. The, yeah, like a transfer window. If the NBA is going to stretch these boundaries and try new things, That's interesting. I, let's, I mean, we're in a spot where Giannis just won an NBA title in Milwaukee. So this is probably not the hottest mm -hmm. time for this idea. But I've been thinking about this for a while. If the NBA ever wanted to really, like if you're not going to be able to resign Kawhi Leonard, why should he be able to walk for nothing? Or should, Zion Williamson. Right, to your or Zion point. Williamson. All right. Should be able to sell the player. Mm, that's interesting. Two more 90 seconds. All right. Esports star Cake Assault won a big right. tourney this weekend. Provided Cake a Selly. That's his name. This is a Selly to remember. Went so hard, dislocated his shoulder. So cut around. In real cut. life? Yes, that's real life. Oh, my goodness. I've never, so he's down I in pain. This. I uh, saw the he video. Got back I up. didn't realize that he separated his shoulder. Yeah, no, he was down for the count. He got back up, started celebrating again. So cut or uncut, hurting yourself during a celebration. We've seen it before. Like we've seen field goal kickers get sports. This is so cut. I mean, come on. I know I know you're like there is so much exhilaration and euphoria in winning. But come on, like Barry Sanders that like act like you've been there before or like have have something premeditated where you just bow to the audience or whatever, right. like freaking out like a spaz, like you just had 14 <laughs> Red Bulls and something else in the mix. But he and might then have. you throw out, huh? He might have. <laughs> you right. Yeah, actually those gamers do consume a lot of Red Bulls and stay up to game for 97 hours in a row. So uh, absolutely cut. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't get a problem with his shoulder now because you know, a lot of people who get dislocated oh, shoulders, yeah, it becomes it's... like a thing. So, you know, he's an athlete, he's a gamer. He's got to protect himself. <laughs> he's not an athlete. athlete. Okay, no, that's, that's a conversation for another Maybe an athlete. One more, one more. Uh, we, we had footage um, from the end of the FSU Jacksonville State game last night. A brutal last second loss for Florida State, but that didn't stop Seminoles offensive lineman Brady Scott from proposing to his girlfriend. Oh. Cab, literally immediately oh, after the final play. Oh. Now she said yes. They lost on a last second play. Last second 59 oh, yard touchdown. Plans. Oh, that's like, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. so it got a lot of play online. Scott decided to take advantage, tweeting out the newly engaged couple's wedding registry. <laughs> so. <laughs> what? Some... Right afterwards? Yeah, so, I, so, yeah, so my dude did the this. Lead. He did this, he saw that it was getting play, everyone was tweeting it out. And he said, all right, if everyone's talking about it, here's our wedding registry. Oh Maybe we'll give well. us some gifts along the way. So cut or uncut, proposing immediately following a loss of that magnitude. Tim, what do you say? Uncut, man. Like, everyone's looking for their 50. I mean, even if he makes the league, so what? Everyone's uh, name, image, and likeness, all of this stuff. <laughs> it's all the same thing. <laughs> I, influencers, I've looked at your account before. You're selling stuff. I've sold stuff before. <laughs> Why Shout not? out to your barbecues. Yes, <laughs> yes. My barbecue is nice. I, I, I look forward to I look forward to uh, uh, coming up there. But uh, 
uncut the move afterwards, sharing the link to the registry, but absolutely cut the COVID <laughs> after. A, like, come on, you're, you're just, I don't know if you, I think most people believe in jinxing. This guy, you're jinxing the whole That's a good celebration of the yeah. union. They're still celebrating. So Jacksonville State was still on the field celebrating. I mean, come on, my <laughs> dude. Like, you got to pivot. The rest, the rest of your team is, like, fuming. Like, you just <laughs> yeah. got upset. They're back a, in the room. Yeah. By an FCS team, like, throwing helmets. And you're like. Yes. <laughs> oh, this is so. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on both. Uncut the registry. Cut the engagement. Time for one last break. Cavi's sticking around. We'll do last call. Jesse Rubin it off and have a little bit more fun. On this, the first day of Cabral Richards. Richards back at Sports <laughs> Night 3 can. Oh, my God. This is Last Call. I'm not going to say the name again because I just keep saying Rabrell Kitchards, and I cannot do it. <laughs> so, off you're so tongue. excited, man. That's why. It's easier to say now for me than Cabral Richards. I am excited, Jesse Rubinoff. Uh, I'll just say Cabby is here, Timmy is here, Jesse is here. And Jesse, we got a few tweets about uh, our guy yeah. rejoining the Sportsnet crew for those who are just joining us. Yeah, so we tweeted out, welcome back, Cabby. Obviously, you. needs no introduction, though. Uh, Duncan writes... Need more like buttons on the tweet welcoming Cabby back. Timothy says, Cabby's back. This is such great news. Hope we see him on Tim and Friends lots. Sandra, oh, Cabby is such a treasure. Welcome to Sportsnet at Tim and Friends. Ryan, rocking the hat. Oh, Oh, he's got the hat. What's up? He's still got it. Well done. Daniel. Somewhere Jim LaBombard is triggered seeing oh, Cabby hug him. Salute to Jim LaBombard. We have to explain Jim LaBombard yeah, was Raptors did. PR. Yeah, and long he was time, always time. around uh, when Cab was attempting to do these things. Lloyd says, my mentor, my hero, and my friend. So glad you're back in Canada. Go and enjoy your new content and roll. Hey, thank you, Lloyd. Salute to you, young man. Jason. Yeah, where's this? Oh, from the promo? <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, excellent. Very good reference. I told Jason. you he was crazy. <laughs> Shem, watching so Tim the Caliph and Cabby together on screen is pretty cool. Thank been, you, Shem. Thank you, my G. It's been uh, it's been a fun time for me too, because like you guys are t- a big reason why I got into the business in the first place. Thank so you, to Jesse. be in here with you, I got cool. I got one more. Yeah. Uh, comes to us from Belly, who writes in, and I think this might, this might like be something. Like Belly, like the MC? I wish it was, uh, <laughs> but it might be. It's Belly by Belly, uh, and he says, friends with benefits. Oh, nice. Bet, bet, benefits. Bet, yes. Huh? No? Okay. Okay, so, yes. I like this. Spe- speaking up, speaking yes. up. Uh, we were talking about Moelle Day Moore. Which is not that easy of a name to say, as I stumble over hey, it. You, yeah. hey, Don't worry, you, you're, you're in good company Moore. today with uh, stumbling over names. <laughs> so, we said that it was scrubbed from the internet. Uh, apparently, one that's not sleuths. true. And Jason, who who literally just tweeted in, and I just read one of his tweets, Jason sent this in, oh, and this awesome. is a clip from the Mowelde Moore press conference. Here we go. Outstanding. Hey, what are you talking about? Is that what? Man, that's crazy. Sex? Come on. Look, man, I'm engaged, so. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about? He's got a nice fade, though. So Could good. you start that again? So just good. look at the oh. eyes. One more time, right off the hop. Like, Let's give it a pause top. off the top. Here Watch his eyes. And you know his lady saw hey, this. What are you talking about? Sex. I'm engaged, so. One more time. For, yeah, for, I wonder how long my guy was engaged. Oh, yeah. Right, is, that, is that relationship? That's why I got scrubbed, because the relationship is good? 
That's too good. We, we don't know. Hopefully they did. Hopefully they worked it out. Speaking of good clips, uh, last night ESPN debuted an alternate broadcast of the Monday night football game hosted by Peyton yes. and Eli Manning. Let's check out some of the highlights because it was sure fun. I think the first play tells you a lot about what the season's going to be like. John Gruden likes shifting motions. Let's see what the Raiders' season's going to be like. This is going to tell me everything I need to know. All right, incomplete. What does that tell you? Looking at uh, 6 and 11. 6 and 11 right now. Ready? Great. Hey, it's cover two, cover two. Run 58 freedom. 58 freedom. Hey, let me get to my cadence here. I got to get a white 18. White 18. Hut, hut, hut. Quiet down, Raiders fan. Great fun. Drink your beer. Quiet down. Let Carr play quarterback. What were you teaching him, Peyton? Were you teaching him how to run? Yeah, like, what was your funny. philosophy? A- after this throw, he was asking me about how I like to juke in the open field. I said, Lamar, <laughs> you know, I-, I can't tell you that right now. You know, dodge one, split two. Yeah, dodge one, it. split two. That was it, yeah. Blue right, 20, blue 20. Easy, easy. Can, 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 can. What's a can mean? <laughs> he just canned it right there. Those are two plays I just caught. I cannot. This- Helmet doesn't fit. Shocking, shocking that a helmet doesn't fit you. They didn't have a double XL okay. helmet to okay. fit that forehead. So, oh. Cab, what do we think of the Manning's Those debut? guys are national treasures. Oh, man, that, that's amazing. And I've been to that stadium. is absolutely gorgeous. And um, that game last night was great. It was like, what a, what a debut for Monday Night Football. I can't believe it went to overtime. And I can't believe the Ravens lost. Would, would, I, I would like to see more of that. Yeah, they, can't, they can't afford that, I don't think. ESPN, like that's a lot of money, but I think no, more- they're they're doing. I believe they're doing on ESPN Plus. They're doing every, every Monday night. They're not always in the city where the game's being 10 played. Ten games. They're telling. Oh, producer, sorry, ten. Okay, so producer, tell me the schedule. Yeah, no, I'm down for that. I think that's a new way to do things. Yeah, that's and and like you got and the I should guys. do one for like a Jays game mm. or a Leafs mm. game or a how much how Habs much are we game. how much are we <laughs> or a Oilers game? That would be sick. All right, pause. No, no, that would be, that would be dope. I'm yeah. actually thinking about it right now. He's, he's got I would love to have make. a he's no, I, would all, I think we'd have to have a former pro or two in there with us. Yeah. So that we could have so real So many side bets, Tim. <laughs> so many side bets. Yes. It would be. All right, moving on. Layla, Annie Fernandez, and Felix Auger Aliassine were back in their hometown of Montreal today nice. after the pair cap. They will win a couple of weeks in New York at last night's Met Gala. Of course, Felix reached his First Grand oh, Slam amazing. final they at the U.S. Awesome. Open, while the 19-year-old Fernandez made it all the way to the final before losing to 18-year-old Emma Raducanu. So, Tim, who wins a Grand Slam title first, Layla or Felix? I think it's Felix. I think the answer is Felix, but I am in for watching both of them try. Yeah. I mean, wow, what a tough question. <laughs> wow. I mean, they're both teenagers, which is like... I don't know what what's the prime year prime goes to 20. Felix a little older than that. Felix is like 21. Yeah. Oh my bad, my yeah. bad. Um, and that's why I said Felix probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say Layla. Why not? Why not? Uh, listen, uh, this has been fun. Uh, we're running out of time here on Tim and Friends, but you are going to be around a lot more often. He's not sitting in that chair from now on. Yeah, it's not. It's can, not Tim and Cabby. We I'm cannot. Just gonna... Yeah, we cannot hold him down. <laughs> he's got much. He's the the wings. He's got to spread the wings. And Butterfly Fly Away. So there'll be a bunch of new things. <laughs> Make sure you check it out. And he'll be stopping by and bringing a lot of those things 
on this show. Thank you for having me here to uh, have the announcement. And it's been it's awesome being in your space, my dude. I'm, usually we're just in your basement watching sports <laughs> in, our, yes. in the backyard watching or, yeah, TV. Or in your family room. Uh, <laughs> appreciate this, Jesse. Appreciate you nice as Thanks, always. Thank you. That does it for us. Jason Ray is about to get going on Sportsnet. Fever and Dream, WNBA Action, Sportsnet 1. And coming up on Sportsnet 360, WWE NXT. Thanks, Kevin.